We, I love you guys so much, and it is absolutely an honor and a privilege to be here. And I am just so excited to be with you guys, and I'm so excited for what God is going to do. And that was awesome testimony. I just I love that, and we're going to just keep running with that with trust. Um, I want to see if let me see if you have journals with you. Does everybody have a journal or a notebook? Awesome. All right, this is so awesome. Well. We, this weekend, the next two days, we are going to be just, like, like I said, running with that. We're going to be talking about trust, and I'm so excited, and I'm just anticipating God to do awesome, awesome things. And so I want to ask you, and I want to challenge you, I want to pray just at the start of this, and I want to ask and challenge you to just open up your heart and just let God do what he wants to do, okay? Can I pray? <clears throat> Jesus. Thank you for bringing us all here. God, thank you for the you, the adventure of us all getting here, and you got us here, and you have a word for us, and you have a moment for us, and you have something special that you want to do in our hearts. I pray, God, that you will anoint me as I speak your word. I pray that you will anoint each lady here, God, to open their ears to hear, God, what you are speaking to them specifically right now. We just ask this, and we praise you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as I look at our journals, as I see all your journals, I just think about, I love journaling, and I think about our stories. Every one of us has a story. Every one of us has um, a history, and, and our stories, is a, it's like a labyrinth of like history and memories and, and things within our stories. And over the next three sessions, two days, we are going to look at our stories, our individual stories, and we are going to ask God to teach us about trust and how he can take that within our stories and take us personally to, to our past, to our present, look into our future, and how trust can be seeded deeply within our stories to grow into something beautifully. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Well, trust, I'm going to tell you what Google says about trust. Google says that trust it's a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. It's one in which confidence is placed or it's acceptance of a truth of a statement without evidence or investigation. Now, when we look at our stories, we can reminisce. Um, it's been actually so awesome. I know it's been an adventure getting here. I know that it hasn't been exactly on the time frame of what every, you know, what has been planned. But it has been so much fun for me to hear some of your stories as we're talking about stories. Just being able to sit down and, and find out where some of you are from and your and um, just some of your background. It's been just a blast. And um, and as as we're just thinking about this, you know, I think about all of us as we look into your own hearts, as you're thinking about the own, your own things that you've gone through. All of our stories they hold. Things. And there's some things that we've shared with people. There's some things that we have, our sisters, that we've shared with. But I could imagine that in a room of this many ladies, there are probably things within our hearts that maybe we've never shared with anybody. Maybe we've never told anybody. But there's one thing that is so beautiful that God is a constant in our life. Even though there have been people that have come and they've gone within and out of our lives, God is constant. And whether you recognized him or whether you didn't even know him yet, whether you didn't even believe him, whatever whatever your thought was about God, he has been with you through every step of your story. And he has been faithful to love you as his daughter. And, and right now, um, we are in the middle of our story. So tomorrow, today, is going to be our past. 
okay? And in and, and a few weeks and, and next year and, and however long, the rest of your life, you're going to look back at this moment, at this retreat. We're going to have memories. We're going to have memories of an adventurous time getting here, of a weather, of everything. We're going to have memories. And I pray, it is my hope and it is my prayer that as you look back on this weekend, that it'll be a time where you said, I met God. God met me. He did something in my heart. He did something in my life. And, and I was never the same after this moment. That is my prayer for you today. And as we're talking about stories, I just want to share a little bit about my story and some things that within my life that God has taught me about trust. Because all of us, he teaches us about trust and, and he teaches us different seasons of our lives. He teaches us different levels and different different parts of trust. But I wanted to share just a little bit about my life. And um, as Ileana was saying, I, I spent some time as a kid in Russia. But before that, I grew up in a little town in North Carolina. When I say little, I mean very little. 200, 300 people. It was one of those towns everybody knows everything. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody's in everybody's business. And my dad was a principal, which was um, awesome because we lived right next to the to the school. It was in a parsonage. And so I'd literally hear the bell ring and I'd run over before the late bell would ring. Like <laughs> tiny town. It was really awesome. Um, so I, this is how I grew. This is this. this place I grew up in, town I grew up in, and then when I was 10 years old, um, my parents were called to Russia, and as a 10-year-old, I know that we're little still, but we sure feel grown up. Do you remember when you were 10? You just felt like an adult, <laughs> and and I just remember these emotions of, of just feeling, it was so hard for me to go to Russia. I, I was leaving my friends. It was, I was so emotional. It was really, really, really hard for me to leave my friends and go to Russia with my family, but as I look back on my life, God is so faithful, and he used that time to just birth things in my heart and to teach me things. And I remember as a 10-year-old girl, I remember I wanted to know God, not just because my parents followed God, but I wanted to know God for me. And I remember it was during that time that I started um, reading the Bible through in the New Testament. I began to pray, and I began to just seek God. And it was when I was 10 years old that God spoke to me for the first time. And I want to tell you this story. And it was a moment that I will never forget the rest of my life. And, you know, I, I, was, kind of, I was kind of laughing when I was thinking about this because um, God has given us the perfect weather to demonstrate and illustrate Russia to help you imagine the story I'm about to tell you. So we lived about 12 miles outside of Moscow. Now, remember, I came from a 200, 300-person town, and we moved to Moscow, which was 9 million at the time of registered people. So just a little different. And we lived about 12 miles outside of town, but it took anywhere from an hour and a half to two and a half hours to get downtown. And here's the reason. We didn't have a car, so we would have to bundle up in all of our gear, and we would go to the bus stop, which was about a five or ten minute walk, and then we would sit at the bus stop. And at that time, now it's a little different, but at that time there was no schedule. So the bus could come in five minutes or it could come in an hour. And I literally have memories as a child at the Russian bus stops freezing. And you know how when you're like waiting for a bus, like every single one that comes, you're like, is that my number? Is that my number? Okay, I'm still freezing, you know? And, and I have these memories. And so um, so we'd have that and then we'd wait and we'd get on the bus and then we would go down and then we'd have to get on this metro system, which would be like, you know, another, however, like, like nine stops, and then we have to get another one. And so it was just this long process. So it took anywhere from an hour and a half to two and a half hours. And it was, and then you get there. And then everywhere you go and everything you do, you're walking, and then you do the same thing back. So just to go to town was quite an ordeal. 
And so we had been living there a few months, and I remember one Sunday morning, my parents got up and they were excited because they were gonna, thought we would be excited, and they said, we're gonna go to an English service today, which normally would be awesome because we had been, you know, we didn't speak the language, so every church service, if you can imagine, as a kid especially, you have no idea what's going on, so you're just sitting there. It is very, very boring, because you're like 10, you have no idea, and it's like two hours. So they were so excited. We were going to an English service this morning, but I was just having a hard time. And I remember 10 years old, I sat on the bed and I just said, God, I just want to get in a car and go somewhere. I was not happy that we had to do this process. I said, I just want to get in a car and go somewhere. And so we got ready, we bundled up, we like walked down to the bus stop. And when I say we got to the bus stop, I have to like give a little more details. There was about, I don't remember, it was either four or six lanes of traffic in a nine million you know, people city. There's no stop walk. So every time we crossed the street to get to the bus, we were basically, you know, playing chicken. It was really, really bad. Very dangerous. And so this is just the process. So we get down, we're at the bus stop, we're sitting there, and we're waiting, we're freezing, snowing, and a car stops. And there was a man, first of all, if you can imagine like in the middle of a city, first of all, that they would see us and recognize us at a bus stop, and second of all, stop. And it was a man that had met my dad one time in his whole life, and he recognized the stops. He said, where are you going? We told him. He said, oh, hop in. I'm going right there. So we hop in. I shut the door, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, my, oh, my goodness. What just happened? Like, the God of the world saw me as a little girl in Russia and sent me a car. And so I'm just sitting there kind of like, oh, my gosh, you know. And, and, and God just like, just began the rest of the day to show me how he sees us. And we got in service that day. And the very first song they sang, which you might or might not know it, but it says, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. And in that moment, God just showed me that he saw us, that he saw me, and that he loved me. And throughout the rest of my life, that has been a theme that God continues to bring up. He continues to show me. When, when the natural doesn't seem like there's a way, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. And you guys, I'm so sorry. You know, I don't know what you're going through today. But God sees you, and he knows you, and he loves you, and he wants to tell you that he'll make a way for you if you just trust him, if you just surrender and just give, open up your hands to him. He wants to make a way for you. And so we moved back to the States, and I go through high school, I go through college and, and um, in, in America, and... The next season of my life, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I was the kind of girl that wanted to be married, like, as soon as I got out of high school. Like, I was just, you know, I made college, but definitely by the time I got out of college. Um, and I, like, I, I had completely forgot about this story. I was telling Michaela, I completely forgot about the story until I was preparing for this message. And I remembered, and I had to laugh to myself. I remember, no joke, guys, <laughs> as like a nine-year-old laying in bed imagining how my husband would propose. Yeah, nine years old. And you know how it was? It was always at Pizza Hut. <laughs> Thankfully, Jake has a lot better taste than he's raised the bar. <laughs> I totally forgot that happened, but 
it definitely happened, like almost every night. I really, really love pizza. So, so we, here I am, I'm, I've, I went through college, I actually transferred, so I went to two colleges, and sure enough, God did not send my husband to either two colleges. I was like, what's up, God? I tried two, and you didn't even like, and so then um, I, I went into missions, as Ileana was saying, I spent time in Kurdistan and Kazakhstan, and, and I know I went for missions, not a man, but you know, us women, we still are gonna imagine, well, maybe there's another man that's a missionary. <laughs> there wasn't. And so, you know, I'm just like, all right, Lord, well, I don't know what you're gonna do, but this is definitely not on my time frame. Move back to the States, and um, by this time, I'm like, 29, you know, like, I'm I'm not even, there's nobody in the picture, like, I, I dated, like, two people in high school, but all, there's a long season of silence, if you can imagine, and during this time, like, God really taught me trust in him and the timing, trust God in his silence, because, guys, there's going to be seasons in our lives where God says yes, and there's going to be seasons in our lives where God says no, and there's going to be seasons in our lives where God says wait, and then there's going to be seasons when we don't hear anything, and we have to wait, and we have to wait on God, and we have to just trust the last thing he told us, and we have to believe that he is a good God and a good Father, even when we don't understand, and we don't see because he is good. And I will tell you, I'm not going to tell you the whole story of this, but I could, if we talk over dinner or whatever, I could tell you if you're interested, but God sent me an incredible man, Jake. Many of you know him. Amazing, amazing man. He's given us three wonderful little children. We have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a nine-month-old. And I can tell you on the other side of it that it's so worth waiting for. It is so worth not lowering your standards, not just doing what you, you want and what you think and going on your timing, but waiting for God's perfect person, waiting for God. If God tells you no in a relationship, which he did for me many, several times, don't keep going with it. Follow God. Be obedient. Trust him. I promise you it's worth the wait. And I will tell you that Jake did not propose at Pizza Hut. <laughs> but he did propose in a sailboat on the Nile River in Egypt. So he did awesome. He did really good. And I was glad it wasn't Pizza Hut. <laughs> he did a good job. But as we talk about trust today and over the next couple of days, and right now specifically, there's two stories in Scripture that I want to bring out and I want us to look at. Now, you could really pretty much pick any story in the Bible, but I picked two. And we could look at stories of where people trusted and where people did not trust in the outcome and their stories and in, and in our stories um, how God can use that to teach us and to grow us. So the first person that I want to look at is Abraham. I love the story of Abraham. He was called to go to a place to leave his country, to leave familiar, and to go to a place that was unknown. And to, in, in my mind, I like to think nowadays, like it's kind of like missions in a sense. We're leaving our country, our families are unknown. But it could mean anything. It could mean whatever God tells you. that could, You could fill that in the blank. But he left the unknown and the familiar. And once he did that, then God, he, he gave him another promise. And he said, look at the stars of the sky. Count 
they can't count them. They're, they're not countable. And he said, your descendants are going to be like the stars of the sky. And I can only imagine, you can imagine with me the emotions, because in that moment, it's like, yes, this is awesome. This is such a great promise. This is so wonderful. And then, like, as the years, like, went by, I can imagine those emotions were not still up there. I'm sure they, like, plummeted quite quickly. And, and yet, Abraham is such a beautiful picture of trust and faith and holding on to the promise. He did not give up. He did not forget about what God told him. He, he knew that God was faithful. And um, I love, like naturally the fulfillment of the promise was impossible because he was continually to get older. And so was Sarah. But he kept his eyes on, G, on God and he kept um, his belief, his trust and the promises and on the word of God. And um, I love the verse. I'm going to read um, Romans 4, 17. I love this verse. And then verses 20 and 21. It says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. And then verses 20 and 21 says, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Here's, here's this part I want you to, I want to just to jump out. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. He lived like the promise would be fulfilled. Yes, he made some mistakes, but he knew God was faithful and he never stopped believing. Even when he made mistakes, God, he, he, he repented, he turned to God, he, he, God forgave him, he worked through that, and he never stopped believing. And the promise of God, he held on to it, he kept looking at it and trusting in God. He trusted God in the silence, he trusted God when he was speaking, he trusted God. And I just, I love the thought of when he held his son, God, God fulfilled the promise. He was 100 years old when it happened. Guys, this is a long time of waiting in silence. But I always think about the time when he held his son and he was holding his promise. He was holding the promise that God had given him. And if God has given you a promise, because he's given all of his promises in his word, and whether it's a promise in his word or a promise he's spoken into your heart, whatever it is, you know what it is. Maybe other people do or don't know, but you know what it is. And if God has given you a promise, I challenge you today, don't give up. Just just like Abraham, keep your eyes. God is the God who calls things that are not as though they were. And it's just our responsibility. And God is asking us if we would trust him with that. And one day, just like Abraham held Isaac, one day you will hold your promise if you hold on to the trust and you don't let go of trust in your life. Because God is faithful and God loves us and he loves you so, so much. I'm so happy for that. The second story that I want to look at um, are the Israelites. And they weren't quite so good at trusting. If you remember the story, the Israelites, they were in bondage. They were in slavery. They were mistreated. And God raised up Moses to deliver them, to be the deliverer. They had been crying out to God. They were suffering. They were, it was just horrible. Through miracle after miracle of the, the, the ten, um, my Julie just loved me, ten flags, yeah. God, God delivers them out of the hand of the Egyptians. 
And so if you could just imagine, here they are. They're, they're finally, after years of slavery, they're, they're headed out and, and they're, they're being delivered. Moses is leading them. They get, they get going. They're, they're excited. They make it to the Red Sea. And then all of a sudden, they panic because the enemy's coming behind them. And so here we have the enemy behind them, the Red Sea before them. And again, all of a sudden, they forget about how God just miraculously delivered them. They take their eyes off of God and the miracles, and they begin to just see their problems. They see their problems behind them. They see their problems in front of them, and it's wow. their focus, and their eyes get off of the faithfulness of God and onto their problems. And then God in his mercy and in his grace and in his love and compassion, again, he delivers them, and he sends a wind, and the, and the waters part, and they, they walk through on dry ground, which is completely amazing and they make it through and then again God sends the wind and defeats the the Israelites who are or the Egyptians who are still chasing them and so here we have the Israelites and they're on the other side they've they've been completely and miraculously set free from bondage and from slavery and then as you continue reading we see that God continues to do miracle after miracle. They're, they're hungry, and God sends a manna. They're thirsty, and God brings water from a rock. I mean, God is just completely providing for them. He is taking care of them. And still, their mind and their thoughts and their focus, it's not on the faithfulness of God. It's not on that God has cared for them. It's not on that God is taking care of them. It's on their past. It's on their bondage. And they even said and complained, oh, if we had died in Egypt. And here God has given them so many miracles and been so faithful to them. And they can't seem to discipline their minds to trust. And, and they just keep taking their minds back to what was. And, and they just say, oh, if I would have died in, in Egypt or in the wilderness. And they, they say, Moses, you brought us to the wilderness to die. If, I had, if we, we wouldn't have these problems. We wouldn't be hungry if we had been back, you know, in slavery. And so, so here we have the Israelites. And then... On top of all of that, they send out spies to see if they can conquer the land that God has promised them. So out go the 12 spies. And out of the 12 that go, 10 come back, obviously not trusting at all. And they say, guys, we can't do it. And they begin to, their voice begins to stir up um, fear in the community. And they say, we can't do this. That they're like, we're like grasshoppers in their sights. They're giants. The fruit is big. We cannot take these people. And then we have Joshua and Caleb, the two spies. And they say, they're like, what are you talking about? God, the God of the world, the God who just opened the sea for us, the God who just gave us manna from heaven, the God who just provided water out of rocks, the God who set us free from bondage, the God that has told us we can take the land, has told us we can. And you're here you're you're not believing, you're not trusting, your your mind, your thoughts are on the problems, they're not on trusting God. And you know what? Out of those 12 spies, their their choices, their attitudes, their action. It, it, it affected their destiny. And out of the 12, 10 of them did not get to make it. Because of their unbelief, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking their lack of trust, their lack of obedience, their lack of belief, and, and et cetera, et cetera, not only affected them, but it affected the next generation. Their children wandered with them. They continued in the desert and in the wilderness, and it was them that were able to go to the promised land. But it was only after that old generation of complainers and, and people that weren't trusted that had died off. 
But God's promise still stood. And, and Joshua and Caleb, they believed, they trusted, they had faith, and they went. They made it to the promised land. And when I think of these stories, I'm going to read um, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 30 through 33. It says, the Lord your God who is going before you, he will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the desert. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. In spite of this, you did not trust in the Lord your God who went ahead of you on your journey in fire by night, in a cloud by day to search out places for you to camp and to show you the way you should go. And just like these stories, like I said, as you read scripture, there's story after story of examples. But as we think of these two in particular, of a man who trusted when he didn't see a community who didn't trust when times they didn't see, times they did see. When I think of our own lives, there God is directing us, just like Abraham and the Israelites. God is going before us. God provides for us. God speaks to us. God is leading us, and he is absolutely more than capable of, of guiding our lives, of leading our lives, of taking care of us. And I, I think in every season of our life, as I mentioned before, in my life, but it's the same in your life, in different seasons, God may teach you different things about trust. There may be seasons in your life, um, and if we, if we made a list today of, of different things God was teaching us about trust, I'm sure the list would be so long because there's so many levels. And, and it may be that God is teaching you to trust him in relationships. And this could be relationships as far as like dating, future husbands, this could also be relationships with family members, with friends, whatever that looks like in your story. Because remember, we all have a story. And, and all of us are walking through our story. And God wants to take us and to teach us how to trust in every level. It might not be relationships in this particular season, but maybe it's finances. Maybe there's things that God wants to teach you to trust him with provision, either finances or housing or homes, whatever that looks like in your story. Maybe he's teaching you to trust him to step out in faith. Maybe it's to share what we always say, what God does in you, he wants to do through you. Maybe it's that part of you've learned how to receive from God, but it's really scary to take that step and, and share that with others. And maybe God's teaching you to trust him in this. Or maybe it's simply to just believe in God at all. Maybe it's hard to just even believe that God exists. But today, I really believe, and I like to just even imagine that like God is like reaching down to each of you individually and with his hand out, and he's asking you, will you trust me? Will you trust me with, and then you fill in the blank with what fits in your story. Will you trust me with this? Because I am a good father, and I love you, but I need you to be willing to trust me. Because God is a gentleman. He's not going to force things on us. He's not going to make you. He didn't make us robots. Otherwise, there, it wouldn't be a relationship. He loves us, he loves you, and he wants us to trust him. Because everybody is going to trust in somebody or something. We're gonna all trust in something. We might trust in ourselves. I mean, we might not like say it, like, oh, I trust myself or I trust in this or that, but, but if you get down to the bottom of it, we're all trusting something or someone. It might be yourself, it might be 
your education, feeling like, well, if I get an education, I can trust that my future is going to be secure. You know, you might trust in um, science. You might trust in a person and put all your um, hope in that person. Now, we do need to trust each other, and we're going to go deep, deeper into that tonight. But you can't put all of your trust, like it's not like your faith depends on a person, you know. Whatever it is, we're trusting something or somebody. And God is saying, will you trust me? Will you give me your life? Will you let me be the one that can take care of you? He is asking for our trust. For our trust. And I, I remember this story that I read years ago. Um, I'm not even sure who the author was. You may have read it before. But I wanted to share it with you uh, this afternoon because I just think it's such uh, a cool and beautiful picture of trust. And the story goes like this. There was a little girl... And she was, she was young, and, and she was with her mom one day, and they were out shopping, and she saw this necklace at, like, I don't know, maybe a consignment store or something. She saw this necklace that she really wanted, and, and she said, how much is it, Mommy? And she said it was $2, and so her mom said she could have it if she saved her money. And so she just, like, was so excited about this necklace, and she wanted this pearl, it was a pearl necklace, and she just wanted this pretend pearl, probably plastic necklace. She was so excited about it, and she, like, saved her coins, and she put it in her piggy bank, and she had just saved it, and she got, like, a, probably some money from, like, her birthday. She just saved it for however long it took her to save coins to make $2. And one day her mom took her, and she got this necklace. And she loved her pearl necklace, and she just loved it, loved it, loved it. And um, she would wear it all the time. She would sleep with it, and it was just her favorite, favorite possession. And one one night, her dad was coming to tuck her in, and he he kissed her, and he said, I love you. And he, and he said, do you love me? And she said, yeah, daddy, I love you, I love you. And he said, will you give me your pearl necklace? And she, like, panicked, and she said, well, daddy, not my pearl necklace, but you can have my stuffed animal. He said, that's okay, sweetie, that's okay. All right, sleep good, and he tucks her in, and he leaves. And the next night, he came in, and he kissed her, and he said, baby, do you love me? And she said, yeah, daddy, I love you. And, she, and he said, would you give me your pearl necklace? And he said, and she's just like, no, daddy, not my pearl necklace. What about my dolly to give you? I got it for my birthday. I love it. I'll give you that. And he said, that's okay, baby, I don't want your dolly. You can go to sleep. And he kissed her, and he tucked her in. And a few nights later went by, and time went on. One night he came in to do the same routine and to give her a kiss and, he, and to tuck her in at night, and she was sitting down on her bed, and there were tears running down her face. She was holding her necklace. And her daddy sat down, and he said, what's wrong? And he said, she said, I love you, Daddy. And she gave him his necklace, her necklace. And when he did that, he put the necklace in his, in his pocket, and he pulled out a real necklace of pearls and put it on her. And it's such a beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father. It doesn't mean that God's going to give you material things that's better. But what it means is that the eternal reward of anything we surrender to God and anything we trust Him with is so much better than a $2 pair of plastic pearls. His pearls are priceless. His, his gift and his love and his mercy and his sacrifice for you and for each one of us individually, his love is so great. And he's looking at us this afternoon and he's saying, will you just give me your pearls? Do you love me? Will you just surrender it? And as we trust that it's gonna, our stories will be different, but if we can just let go of those pearls and give them to our Father and let Him give us 
his love and his care as we trust in him. And I was thinking, you know, as we look at our journals, as we look at our stories, as we all have a different story, I want to just challenge us and ask us, I feel like, is it God was saying, will you let me be the author of your story? And so for us to allow God to be the author, it's like taking the pen and giving it to God and letting him write our story with us, but trusting him to hold the pen. Sometimes we want to hold it and say, okay, God, you're in control. But we write whatever we want to write. You know, but to say, you know what, we're on this journey together. God, I surrender it all and I give the pen to you. I'm going to let you be the author. And when we do that, Guys, as we go back and as we read our journals, as we read our stories, as we look back, there's going to be chapters of miracles. You know, I love going back and reading journals. Um, I have this tradition with myself <laughs> that every year on my birthday, I go back and read the last year. And I just look at what God's done and things he's spoken to me and, and things that I've learned and how I've grown. And I just think about that like almost <coughs> if when we give God the pen, we let him be the author. And like when we're going back and like at the end of our life looking, you know, we're going to be able to see how God had his hand in every part of our story. Whether we saw him, whether we recognized him, he was there. He was faithful. Even, um, and in, as we go back and look at our story, there's going to be seasons and, and chapters where we're going to see miracles. And it's going to be like, wow, remember that time? That's awesome. There's going to be chapters of miracles. There's going to be chapters of victories, of times where we've been praying for things and there's miracles that have happened. It's just going to be awesome. And there's also going to be chapters of pain. And it's not chapters of pain because God wanted you to have pain. Pain is part of our story because we live in a sinful world. And pain comes along with sin. But God does not waste anything. So even in the chapters of pain, you're going to see God writing and God working and God holding you during those seasons of pain. And, and I love Romans 8.28 that says God works all things out for our good. And again, it's not because he wants us to have pain, but it's because... We're in the world, you know, but he's not going to waste your suffering. He's not going to waste your pain. And there's going to be chapters of silence. Just like Abraham had chapters of silence, we're going to have chapters of silence. And sometimes in those chapters, it's the hardest to hold on. But I challenge you to hold on to the last thing God told you. Don't let go of it because he, he is faithful. And in a few, just a minute, we're going we're gonna to have some time of prayer. But I want to tell you one more story that happened recently. This was a couple months ago, and um, I was, it was just a really hard month for me, honestly. I was just stressed out. I was really worried about things. It was just, I was praying. I was just really like having a low time. And I remember I was just praying, and I was like, Jesus, help me. <laughs> you know, you have this moment, you're like, ah. I was like, God, I just, I need you, I need you. And, and our little, our littlest um, Luke, he's, well, now he's nine months, so it was a few months ago. He just started crying and crying, and I was just like stressed, and I like picked him up, and I was, I was trying to pray, I was trying to like be mom, and I was like really stressed out. And he was just crying, and he wouldn't stop crying, and it was honestly, it was kind of driving me crazy. And, and I picked him up and I just like held him and I was like, like I was trying to get him quiet and I don't even remember what was wrong with him at the time, but I was trying to get him quiet and I, but I remember he was like on my shoulder and I was like patting his head, kind of like rubbing his head and I was going, shh, baby, it's going to be okay. And like God spoke to me in that moment and he said, shh, baby, it's going to be okay. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> then I was really crying. But I've thought of that so many times because, you know, 
in our pain, in our silence, in our times of trusting, we may not like see the answer right away. But when in the hard times, if we let God, if we let him, he'll pick us up, he'll hold us close, and he's telling us, whatever you're going through today, whatever you're facing, whatever struggles you have, whatever's hard for you to trust with today, I just like imagine him like holding you, like rocking you, and just saying, shh, baby, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And so for the next little bit, I want us to go into a time of prayer. And I want, if you want to write these three things down, because I want you to get along with God. And I want you to be honest. I want you to let God speak to you. I'm challenging you because I believe if you do this, I believe if you really truly open your hearts, don't put up barriers, don't put up things that you've tried to hide or you've tried to block or you've tried to just not deal with. But if I really challenge you to just like lay it all open before God because I believe if you do, God is going to do something so powerful in your life and this is going to be a time you're going to be able to look back on and have a moment with Jesus that you're never going to forget. And there's three things I want you to do. I want you to let God take you to your past. And I know God has sometimes taken us, allowing God to take us to our past is going to be painful because there's a lot of things in our past that are hard. But I want you, if you're honest with yourself and if you're bold enough and if you are courageous, ask the Holy Spirit to take you to your past and ask, is there anything in my past that makes it hard for me to trust God? And if there is, then I ask you to ask God to take you on a journey to be able to surrender that so that you can trust him with your with your whole heart and fully. And second of all, I want you to allow God to show you what it means to trust you with to trust him in this season. So whatever this season looks like for you to be able to trust him right now. And third, ask God to help you trust him with your future. So three things, I'll say them one more time. Let God Ask God to take you back to your past. See if there's anything that's holding you back from trusting him. And then ask him how to trust you with your present. And ask him to help you trust him with your future. Make sense? All right. And we're going to, can you play like a little bit like, or music or whatever y'all want to do. Okay. And then guys, we're just going to right now have some personal time later. We're going to have time together. We're going to um, have time with our small groups, but right now in this moment, if you want to sit here, if you want to like go find a corner or room, whatever for the next, how, how, what do we have? How long do we have for the next? How long? Yeah? Sorry, I was looking. So for the next 15 minutes, wherever you want to go, I just want you to get along with you and God and just um, let him search your heart, okay? Awesome. Thanks, guys.